Thanks for tuning in. And if you haven't already, smash that subscribe button. Uh, today, I got a really special guest, good friend of mine, LV. Talk to me, bro. You know I talk back. Olo, what's up, G? How you living, my brother? Oh, man, better than yesterday. That's what it is, man. And uh, to the left side of me, my co-host, he goes by the name Paycheck. Paycheck, you know what's up. Let them know. Let them know why they call you Paycheck. G. Fraud. Fraud it has nothing to do with fraud at all. There's look. nothing to do with fraud. Now nah, I just been I've been working, man, since I was like young. You know what I'm saying? Since I was like 13, 14, and then the homies just around the neighborhood called me paycheck. We're like, man, you always working, bro. I'm gonna start calling you paycheck. So it kind of stuck. How many jobs did you have? Man, I can't even call it, bro. I had like probably over. 15 jobs, bro. I just get a job and I quit the next day. <laughs> no, were, they le- were they legal? <laughs> <laughs> Swipe. Oh, yeah. nah, I had legal jobs, bro. Come on. That's what's up, man. <clears throat> so LV, man, we're not going to waste your time today, bro. Uh, obviously, me and Paycheck, we know who you are. But uh, give us like a little backstory of you know who you are, where you're from, and how you end up moving out to Seattle. Oh, man. Um, I originated from St. Louis, Missouri. That's where I was born at. Uh, I lived in Denver after that, Colorado. Uh, man, moved to VA right after that, man. Love VA, man. Shout out, man. Yo, two up, two down. Shout out to VA. Yeah. Um, but yeah, then after that, I moved to Seattle. Uh, I was getting in some trouble out there, and uh, moms was like, man, he got to go. So she moved to the other side of the coast. Why do you guys feel like you have to move around to so many different states at a young age? Well, I can't speak on uh, St. Louis or Denver. Uh, I know why we moved from Virginia, and that was just because I was getting in trouble. You know what I mean? Uh, my mom, yeah, she just she just moved a lot, but yeah, from from Virginia to here though, yeah, I was getting in a lot of shit out there. A lot of trouble. A lot of shit. Talk about it. Um, how how old were you when you first like the first time you ever got in trouble or the first crime you would ever commit? Yeah, first time you did a crime. Well, first time <clears throat> I did a crime. I mean, if if you call it, Stealing from the store a crime. I mean, that was when I was young, young. But first time I actually committed a crime that I could have been, you know, locked up for, I was 12. Okay. What would you Damn, end up doing? Was hell young. Uh, just burglary. Burglary? Uh, yeah. Breaking and entering. How'd you get into that? Uh, man, my brother, he introduced me to, uh, you know, remember the old sliding doors in the back? <laughs> you know, the glass ones? Yeah, he showed me how to lift it up and slide it over, you know. Everybody now know that move. <laughs> but yeah, when he showed me that move, um, we had this next door neighbor, and uh, he had a Sega Dreamcast. I don't know if y'all remember Sega Dreamcast. Yeah. Uh, Sega. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But yeah, at the time, it was new, and um, he used to invite hella niggas over and, and to play it, and I used to always ask him, yo, can I come in? And he'd be like, nah, you know? Oh, it's over. <laughs> yeah, it's over. So when he went to work, I went to work. You know what I'm saying? Damn. But you wasn't on the clock. Yeah, nah, nah, nah. Yeah, I was on the clock 30 seconds in and out. <laughs> oh, shit. That was, that was going to be my next question. How fast was that transaction? Oh, yeah, man. Like 30 seconds. I went, out. ran in there, grabbed it. My heart was pounding, nigga. Shit, my first time. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Mm. But you got the Dreamcast, though. Yeah, I got a Dreamcast. Damn. Was he looking for it afterwards? I don't know. I was in my room playing it. <laughs> <laughs> he didn't walk in on you? Nah. Get my... Wait. Where the hell yeah. <laughs> He's like, how'd you beat the level 17, bro? <laughs> That's crazy. Uh, and then, uh, so you obviously got away with that one. Yeah. And then um, I actually pulled a lot more around the same neighborhood and different surrounding neighborhoods. Mm-hmm. And uh, even got some of my homeboys involved in on it at the time. So you just putting niggas on? Yeah. Uh, actually, we got caught for one of them. 
I still remember the story. It was crazy as hell. Uh, me and my homeboy Ja, Marcus, and a few of, of the rest of us. Mm-hmm. Ooh, I'm putting names out there. Excuse me. No last names though. <laughs> but look, um, but yeah. So uh, we actually hit the one crib, and we went inside. It was hella hard to get in there. I finally found a way in, and when we left out of there, uh, we had got hella shit. And when uh, we was walking away, I was like, yeah, nigga, I did that. You know? You know, I got in there. And my homeboy Marcus was like, yeah, make sure you tell the police that when they get here. <laughs> you snitched on yourself. <laughs> I was like, shit. Damn. So, yeah, lesson learned in that one. <laughs> and is, then, that, is that all you did? Like, just rob? Yeah, at, a, at that age, I was just robbing, you know. And um, when I got in, when we got, when I got in that, that trouble for that, they was looking into uh, the more breaking and injuries that happened around the way. And then, uh, so they came to my house looking for me. And my mom had sent me back to Colorado uh, to stay with my sister. So your mom knew that you were the one that was breaking in there. Oh, hell yeah. Like she just saw a bunch of stuff in the house or something and she was like, that's my son. Well, they kept asking me where I was getting the stuff like, from. you so mm-hmm. precious, boy. <laughs> like, Mama, here's a Christmas gift. <laughs> <laughs> and um, they kept asking where I kept where I kept getting the stuff from and I was like, oh, there's a place, uh, Cash Converters, it was like a pawn shop mm-hmm. and they used to actually throw stuff away and uh, sometimes I would grab like like speakers and shit that would sit on the side. Right. But uh yeah, I was just using that excuse that I was getting it from there, but I wasn't though. And so they she she knew that was you basically. Yeah, she was she like, knew. You gotta get out we gotta get him out of here. Yeah, so she put me on a Greyhound. Wow, by yourself. Yeah, by myself. How old were you? Twelve. Damn, bro. Twelve on the Greyhound. Oh, you was young. Yeah. No remorse. <laughs> She's like, You you can get it out in these streets, you, you can be alone <laughs> on the bus. Yeah. <laughs> He's like, he stole the bus. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but you, okay, so keep talking about that. You so you um you basically at 12 years old got uh, came to Colorado. Yeah. Uh who were you living with? My sister. Okay. My older sister, actually. Okay. And then did you get into some trouble when you were out there? So yeah, so when I went back out there, you know, I met up with some other little niggas I used to run with, some of my brother's homeboys. You right, know, right, right. Started running with the gang. Um, you know, after that, um, uh, my mom had actually came down there to visit me, mm-hmm. and when she came out there, we were walking through the hallway one day because we were doing laundry, and we was walking through the hall, and she saw a newspaper, I guess there was something underneath it, and she kicked it, and she was like, ooh, what is that? Let's go back to the apartment. We went back to the apartment, I was like, hey, mom, let me go check on the laundry right quick, and she was like, all right, I knew what that was. Right. Like, it was a bag of work, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So and I went back over there, and I picked it up. It was a big-ass freezer bag full of crack, you know? I guess I interfered with somebody's drop. Damn, that's Damn. something you see in the movies, bro. Yeah, man, it felt like a you movie. You don't just find like a bag of crack. Yeah, it felt like a movie shit. Damn. But yeah, I uh, at the so time, I had, so I had already turned 13. selling crack? Yeah. Okay. I had already turned 13, and I I had pushed it up to Colfax. Mm-hmm. You know, all my Denver heads, y'all know Colfax, man. That's a script, you know? Mm-hmm. Uh, pushed it up to Colfax, and I was slinging up and down Colfax. Granted, I didn't know what I was doing, so I was giving the fiends a lot more than I should have been giving them, probably like $150, $200 worth for... Like 40 bucks, you feel me? Oh, Damn. so you were losing profit. Well, I didn't know what I was doing. You know, I just knew you were supposed to give less than weed. Right. You know? Were you, and when you got the money, what were you doing with the money? Oh, man. Stupid at 13, shit. You, at 13, you probably yeah. like buying a bag of chips. Buying and, chips, <laughs> some soda. Some sodas. Nah, and, I was. I was and then celebrate like, <laughs> yes. <laughs> like, 
I was up in the Boys and Girls Club, cards. flexing in front of the little females, you know what I'm saying? Giving the little kids five dollar bills. Oh, you was handing out money. Moving like Pablo. Yeah. That's that, that boy was Nino Brown out there. <laughs> bring, the, bring that wealth back to the community. Come on. <laughs> and now chips like turkey. <laughs> Damn, bro. But yeah, it was um yeah, it was a crazy experience, man. You know, uh, even I remember walking up down Colfax and uh I remember there was a one point where the police were coming from behind me and I heard the sirens and I just froze mm. and I started tossing rocks out of my pocket. You know what I mean? And uh, they ended up going past me but I was just standing there in a pool of rocks around me and I just kept going. I didn't even pick them up but I still had hella on me. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and then uh, I, I remember getting on a bus. A fiend chased the bus down. Come on, let me get what you gave him. Uh, the bus driver was like, was, do you want me to call the police? Was he on a bike or was he? And it was running. No way. Bro. He was fast, He bruh. was running, chasing yeah. a bus? And he wanted that work. Bro, that's a crackhead. Come on now. That's some stuff like <laughs> he straight out of the movie or something. Bro, only crackheads can run after buses, bro, and catch it. <laughs> he probably would have stopped and stood in front of it, handcocked it. <laughs> oh, he stopped the bus? No, no. He ran up to the window, was beating on the window. He said he handcocked that guy right there. Bro, he said he handcocked it, bro. You know, Hancock, the Will Smith movie, when he was a bum. But yeah. But yeah, man, uh, you got chased down by Hancock. That's hilarious. <laughs> but go ahead. But yeah, man, that was that was that was the experience of selling of selling crack, man. And it only progressed after that, you know. Started, right. you know, selling weed, you know, any kind of pills, get my hands on thids, you know. Mm. You know, our era. Right, right, right. Yeah. So, uh, so in Colorado, so from Colorado, you went to uh, you came to Seattle, right? No, actually, I went back to VA. You went to VA? Yeah, I went back to VA, you know, and uh, everything just progressed, you know? Like, mm-hmm. I started committing robberies, like, uh, like, uh, like drawdown robberies, you know what I'm saying? And Broad daylight. Yeah, broad daylight. Damn, you know? Okay. I started pulling kick doors, um, you know? Right. And then I, I, I had moved out to Chesapeake from Virginia Beach, mm-hmm. and when I moved out there, uh, there was a point in time where I started robbing, like, uh, stores, Convenience stores, pizza spots, whatever, you know. Oh no way! Yeah, started robbing robbing the spots out there, and it got bad to the point where you know police was basically my name was popping up, mm. and the police started looking for me again. Right, right. And that money turned you into a monster, man. Yo, it says the root of all evil. Yo, it turned you evil. To get it, you do anything, you know. Right. Whatever. So, so yeah, uh, they were looking for me, and my mom was like, told my dad, I was like, yo, get him out of here. Mm-hmm. Now get him out of here. So, shit, you know, Virginia's the East Coast. She moving to the opposite coast. Right. Me and my dad drove. We hopped. We packed up everything and just drove out here. So, what ended up happening when you moved to Seattle? Oh man. Um, so basically, my my mom was just trying to get me away from. She she thought that it was just the influence around me, the trouble. But what she didn't understand was the trouble was inside of me. You know. So I came out here and basically was on the same stuff. I I did finish high school. And uh, right after high school, I went to college for a quick second, but I was still doing my business, you know? Like, I was in... in uh, the, you was in the dorms working. Yeah, I was in the U District, man. Like, man, I can't speak too much because I still live out no, here. No, Statue of limitations, bro. We're going to put protection on you. <laughs> <laughs> I, was, I was doing a lot out here, you know what I mean? And, um, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, it got to the point where I was, I was in college and I ended up doing this robbery uh, on somebody I knew I uh, went to school with. And, uh, you know, he kind of did me dirty over over a little sack, you know what I mean? So I was like, all right, bet. And uh, one, of the, one of the homies, you know what I'm saying, uh, was like, hey, man, we trying to get this fool. And I was like, huh, perfect timing. 
shoot, I need to get him too, right? So I ended up, uh, we ended up pulling a little kick door on him. You know what I mean? Ran up in there, strapped up, you know, laid everybody out, you know, snatched everything up out of there. And he caught, ended up calling the police on us. So I ended up getting booked for that. Mm. And <clears throat> when you went to court, like, what was that feeling like yeah, when you when first got caught? Like, like you're literally the gavel, like you're doing 10 years. What was that like? When I first went to court, um, you know, it was just basically arraignment, you know what I'm saying? Arraign you on your charges. But I mean, I think what you guys are, uh, want me to talk about is a uh, trial. The trial, or, yeah, when you went to trial. Or, or um, yeah, sentencing. So when I went to sentencing, um, at first they was trying to give me 89 years. Wow. Yeah, 89 years. They were trying to trump up charges. Uh, that's that's life, pretty much. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. They were trying to trump charges up. They tried to hit me with some uh, home invasion, uh, some kidnappings, you know, just just some crazy shit, bro. And uh, I ended up beating all that down and got it all the way down to like 10 years, you know? So, you must have had like a good legal team. No, nah, actually, I didn't. I had to basically learn the ins and out myself because, I mean- I mean, you know, I mean, I come from the hood, so I mean, who got money to put up money for a lawyer like that? Nobody. You know? It's hard. And that's and that's why they want to hit you with those numbers, because they know that you don't got a lawyer. Yeah. You know? Um, but wait, <clears throat> so that was a plea deal, obviously, right? So it, it, it came down to 10 years. Yeah. Um, what was that first feeling like when you, when you, when you got, when you ended up going to uh, the prison? Well, I mean, I, I remember when I first got sentenced, when, when I basically signed the paper and, uh, my mom was crying in the background. You know, I just hurt for her more than anything. Right. And then when, when they took me away, you know, uh, I sat in the county for a little bit longer, you know, waiting for my exit to the, to actual prison. Mm-hmm. When I first got into got to prison, they actually took me to RJC, which is uh, in Shelton. And when you first go in there, you got to sit in a room. You get butt-ass naked in a room full of men. And everybody getting naked. And it was some weird Dang. shit. You feel me? What? You know, I was like, man, this shit, I can't get used to this, but... I've seen that shit in the movies. You ain't got no choice. Shark Shake Redemption. That's the, the, those type of movies. It was weird, yo. But yeah, and after that, I remember getting to my cell. When I got to my cell, it was like, like, damn, like, I, it was like the old bars, like, clink, 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 and they slammed shut. And I remember grabbing the bars and putting my head on them, thinking like, damn, like, I'm really here. Like this, this is really it. Yeah, that's that's the worst feeling. You know, yeah. like reality actually set in. Well, what, what, what were some of the crazy things you've seen when you were in yeah, there? Yeah, like the top three craziest things you've seen happen in there. I mean, damn. I mean, I've seen a couple of stabbings. You know, I've walked past a nigga cell, seen him get his booty took. <laughs> you know, jeez, damn, damn, bro. It was where, weird. Where, huh? where were the guards at? Uh, shit. Or they don't care. I, I wasn't looking for it. After I looked, turned my head back, I just went straight to my cell, <laughs> put my headphones on, and just zoned out. It's none of my business. Yeah, I was watching like Sons of Anarchy or something. I don't know. <laughs> Damn, bro. So, what, like, what type of impact does that have on your mind when you see those type of things when you're in prison? Yeah, especially doing like a whole decade. How did I mean, you mentally stay strong? I mean, the impact all that stuff has on you, like you basically like, you know, they say in there only strong survive. Mm. So so you know, you just gotta remember you're doing your own time, you you're your own person and right. whatever whatever you do it, you know what I'm saying, you just separate yourself from other people. But I mean the way I kept myself uh strong was, you know, basically I just I read a lot. I started reading. Um the first book I ever read was Amistad. Uh 
I don't advise anybody to read that book and go outside. You're going to be angry. Why? What happened? <laughs> I, I got through like six chapters of that book and went out of my cell and knocked the white boy out. <laughs> what? Aryan, Aryan, Aryan boy, Aryan, Aryan, not just a regular one. Okay. Aryan. So he, he was already like racist. And he was shit. asking for it, yeah. Oh, okay. So I went out of my cell and knocked him out. And I, I finished the book, but I didn't read no more books like that after that because I realized that whatever I was putting to my mind, it was coming out of it. After that, I started reading any kind of self-help books, you know, any kind of books on like expanding the memory in the brain, uh, law of attraction books, you know, uh, anything that's just going to help further me along mentally, help build me, help elevate me, you know? Right. Uh, make me a stronger, better person. Right. Um, you know, also I was reading my Bible, you know, I was getting right with God, you know? Right. Uh, you know, exercising my spirit, you know, and getting stronger. And uh, also my body at the same time. I stay working out, you know, stay right. hooping, you know what I mean? So basically I was just I was just doing my time. Cause in there you gotta they got a saying like do your time, let the time do you. You know, mm-hmm. if you're in there stressing, you know what I'm saying, uh 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 getting involved in prison politics and stupid stuff, then your time is doing you. If you're in there and you're reading and if you're reading and you know what I'm saying, and working out and just doing your daily things and just focus on yourself, just you know, keeping yourself strong and mentally healthy, then you're doing your time. That's the most important. Hmm. Didn't remember in there. Speak on um speak on a uh, prison industrial sy- uh, system. Uh, I know like right now certain content out there are promoting like you know going to jail is cool. That's the narrative. Like going to prison is cool. Ooh. Um, sp- speak on that, and then also speak on like how the system operates because you know obviously you you did a ten year bid, and so you kind of seen like what happens behind closed doors. Man. First off, I could lead off with anybody thinking about even going to prison. Remember this much. Everybody you love, pretty much, is going to turn their back on you. You know, when you're out of sight, mm-hmm. out of mind, nobody helps you out. People don't really come see you because prisons are far out, you know. They make sure that they're far out so your, your family can't come see you. Isolation. You know? Isolation. You know, this. they don't send you money, you know. And if they do, if you do get people to send you money... The prison takes their percentage first. They charge you for a cost of incarceration. They charge you for legal financial obligation. You know, whatever it is that that you owe, they're going to make sure they get it out. If you owe child support, they take 90% of your money. If you get $100 sent in, you will see $10. You know what I'm saying? Damn. And you never Damn. actually get to hold your money. It's all holding the, held in accounting. Um, so, yeah, man, like, just that's something to remember, you know. It's it's lonely. It's lonely in there. And you're around a bunch of different walks of criminal life. You know, nobody gives a fuck about nobody in there. It's all cutthroat. Right. You know what I mean? And they have their own politics as well in prison. Yeah, definitely. And and if you're weak, which most people that go in there, you're going to be weak because you're not used to that environment. Uh, you get sucked off in it. And it's dangerous. What was uh, what were the jobs like in there? How much were they paying? Is jobs like 30 cents an hour? Damn. Like thirty cent an hour, bro. That's Modern what you're day making. Slavery, bro. Yeah, That's it is slavery. That's slavery. It it is slavery. It's it's the exact same thing. It's a plantation. Yeah. And who profits? Man. Corporations. Bro. Wait, can, can you break down that plantation? What What do you mean by that? What do you mean by plantation? Oh man, plantation, right? Whew, this is dangerous. So look, prison is just like a plantation, right? Mm-hmm. And you know, breaking down this word plantation. The first word in plantation is plan. Plan means to achieve an end to something. The second word in there is tat. A tat is a lentivirus produced by a protein that breaks down the T cells of the body. 
The T cells are produced by the thymus gland, which acts as like the Navy seal to, Navy seal to the military, which attack any kind of foreign, like strong disease or anything that comes into your body. Right. Um, an ion, of course, is an atom that produces a positive or a negative charge, which is the same thing as energy. Mm-hmm. So in prison, their mission is to break you down. Prison is a place of filth. Even the water, there's rust running through the through the uh, pipes at all times. You know, mm. um, you don't even know what they're putting inside your food. Uh, it could be putting anything in there. You know, right? And and the lights in the rooms they never go off. Like even at nighttime, when they say lights out, they dim the lights a little bit, but they never go off. And if anybody understands energy, you knows you know we know what that does to your energy field. You know, right. so. Their whole mission is it's the same thing as plantation. They're meant to break you down in every way possible. Right. You know, you, they're robbing you of your energy at, at all costs. You know, they're breaking down the, your your health at at the same time. You know, and the whole thing is to is a plan. It's to it's to, a plan to achieve an end to you. Jeez. Damn, that, that was, was some crazy <laughs> shit right there, bro. That was crazy. You just broke that down. Yeah. yeah. So it, prison man is not. It's 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 nothing cool. You know, I know you see the guys in there walking tough, hard, all that. You know, that's 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 just the light you see on TV, you know, because people, they never want to show you. They're promoting it. Yeah. It's promotion. They never want to show you the, the the bad side of everything. They always want to make it look like, oh, everything is good, but it's not. I, I sat in there for a long time, and let me tell you, it was not, it was not a cakewalk, you know? This episode is brought to you by Watson Chiropractic. If you live in the SeaTac, Tequila, Des Moines area, recently got into a car accident or even injured at work, check them out. They're located off of 160th and Pack Highway. Some of the services are cold laser therapy, massage therapy, and many more. They have a friendly staff and a wonderful medical team. Their physical address is 16005 International Boulevard, Unit A, SeaTac, Washington, 98188. And by the way, once those gates close, all that gangster stuff, you know, that I'm a shooter, I'm a killer, I'll do this. None of that, none of that exists anymore. You know what I mean? There's rules in place now. Yeah. You gotta abide by the rules. Yeah. And yeah. if you don't, guess what happens? If you, you if you you're a shooter on the street, if you're a shooter on the street, you better have hands in there. Cause man, them niggas like to fight, you know what I mean? Oh yeah. And it's too it's, much testosterone in one area in one place. Mm-hmm. Yeah, man. And like, like you said, man, like yeah, they got they got places for you too in violence. You know, there's there's times I sat in a hole for over three months before, you know, and it's complete isolation. You don't talk to nobody. I mean, you could yell that down the halls, crazy. Just to, you know, just but the whole just to, just to even think about it, bro. Being in a hole in a dark room for days. What damn. technically the 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 hole is not as portrayed as it is on TV. Like it's actual regular sale. Right, but you're just in there by yourself. You're isolated from everybody, you know. Um, like you know what happens to a person when they're isolated from from other humans. Mm. Isolation kills. Yeah, it kills. It kills your brain. You know, it uh, it, it, it makes you it makes you clam up. Like you know, sink inside yourself. You know, too much. You know, when you're stuck inside your own head, like we all know what overthinking does to us. And you know, right, right. It kind of just shuts you down. You stop moving. So isolation is basically to break down the human demand. Wow. Yeah. To isolate you that's, just to Damn, bro. That's crazy, take man. Take your energy, isolate you. Yeah. The whole the whole idea of uh rehabilitation. I mean, what what do you think of that? LV. Rehabilitation? Yeah. I don't think prison is to rehabilitate you at all. Is, what what do you think it is? 
It's uh, to destroy you. It's to it's to completely achieve an end to you. Like and that, to, yeah. they they want to end you completely. Mm. And you know, if you do make it out, you know, you're going to be so messed up that making it in society is going to be so hard. I mean, you've missed a long era of socializing. You know, that was one of the biggest things that still is for me, to be honest. Right. Socializing with people. You know, like I'm I'm late on a lot of the the uh, the new lingo out. You know how people are moving. Just Mm-hmm. Everything, right? You know what I mean. So, right. You know, catching up with all this is, it's hard. You know, I mean, don't get me wrong. Like, I'm a fight. I'm a fighter. I'm gonna keep on going. I'm gonna keep figuring it out. You know, I got some great brothers around me. You know that. You right. know, always, you guys, hands down. You guys always keep me always up. Always love. Right. You know, and I'm just saying, like, it's it's just it's just a place to, basically, just ruin your life. Like, they want to make sure that when you get out, that you don't have a fighting chance, in society at all. So it's a revolving door. It's a revolving door. And that's what they tell you before you leave, you'll be back. It's no, there's no, there's nothing rehabilitating about the prison system. They want you to come back because yeah, they make a the lot guard, of money. I think the guards are trained to like talk to you a certain way mm-hmm. to mentally, you know what I'm saying, uh dehumanize you basically. Exactly. Yeah. Make you less than a human being. You no longer are yourself. Yeah. Right. So <clears throat> when you got out, did you have any type of post-traumatic stress, like PTSD? Well, when I first got out, um, it was it was crazy because, you know, imagine being in a box, right? Mm-hmm. And the world is around you, and the world is still moving, but you're in this box, so you're stuck still. Mm. And when you're not moving and the world is still moving, you get left behind. They're running circles around you, basically. Mm. Okay. And then imagine getting taken out of that box and thrown right back into to society and they're like, catch up. Wow. When they're like, it's like the NASCAR, and somebody's like 30 laps in front of you already. You know, you're like, catch up. Like, there's no way. You confuse the shit. So yeah. your, your mind's still the whole time when you're blocked up. Yeah. So if your mind's not moving as fast. Everybody's mind is on, on a regular move on a consistent basis. Mind but your mind's still. still. Yeah. It, and you lose. When you come out of there, it might take you a minute to realize it, but you have lost your self-identity completely. You do not know who you are anymore. No matter how much you think you are the same person, you're lost. They strip you from your identity. They strip everything from you. They strip your identity. They strip your your personality. They strip everything. You're, you're not the same person. You don't have the same fight in you. Like, you know, so anybody out there thinking about even... Enter in that place. Like, if you don't want to be yourself anymore, if you want to be recreated by a system designed to destroy you, then that's the perfect place for you then. Keep doing that dumb shit. So what, what was that transition like back in the society? You know what I'm saying? Now you got to get a job. You got to find a place to stay. Um, what was that like? I mean, it was hectic. Uh, you know, uh, I, I had my family out here. So, you know what I mean? That was, that was a little bit easier for me. But I mean, you got to remember with that record on your back, like you going to places looking for jobs, things like that. Like, you know, nobody wants to hire you. Everybody looking at you like you're a danger to be around. Did mm. you apply for any jobs? Uh, actually, my, my my pops got me a job right away. You know, he uh, he worked construction, so he got me a job there. He knew the, the boss really well. He was a good friend of his. Uh, rest in peace, by the way, man. I lost him rest like two weeks after I got pops. out. Rest in peace to the pops, man. But yeah, um, but yeah I mean, I, I kept that job for a little minute. And then I, I actually fell back into the street again a little bit. 
Mm, talk uh, about that. Well, I mean, I had this partner of mine, man, and uh, actually we was locked up together too. And, um, you know, he was offering some shit, you know, easy money. And then, you know, I was like, man, this nine to five ain't really cutting it. So I just got back into it a little bit. He actually got booked. And that was like eye opener for me. And I already had a daughter too. So I'm looking at my child like, damn, you know, when I was down, like the homies didn't have my back. You know, nobody sent me money. Nobody came to see me. So why would I risk it all for people who ain't about to do nothing, nothing for me? Nothing from while I'm in there. And I got my family right here who loves me. You know, they they want to see me doing good. I got a daughter right here who I can't explain. Oh, daddy had was doing something, you know, for your future. So I can, you know, make money for your future. So I landed back up in here. She don't care about none of that. All she care about is your time, your energy. You know what I mean? Right, right. You know, I mean, that's priceless. You can't put a price on that at all. Right. You can't put a price on the time that you're going to spend in there. Hmm. You're going to lose more inside of there than you will stand free. You can get a you can get a nine to five and make minimum wage and it beats going to prison and making 30 cents an hour. And dealing with all the other bullshit on top of that. A lot of other bullshit. So let's get into friends for a second, right? Um, when you were operating the streets, obviously you had some friends around. And... They would hit you up. LV, what's up? I got the drop. LV, link up. Let's bust this move. Um, when you went down and got locked up, what was that relationship like with all the bros? Oh, man. Didn't let them hit me up. Didn't let them come see me. Didn't let them send me a dollar. You know what I mean? Like, nothing, you know? Um, and I and I understand, you know what I'm saying? Like, I, I learned during my journey in life that there is a common connection between you and other people. And the common connection is something that links you two together. It's something that you both enjoy doing together. And for them, it was, you know, doing, you know, work, you know, putting in work. So, you know, when I got locked up, I'm I, I'm no longer able to put in work. So what's their connection to me anymore? You know, mm. they didn't they didn't look out for me. They didn't care nothing about me. They didn't look out for my family. You know what I mean? Right. None of them was there. Uh, so basically you had to figure out, like, the people that you surround yourself around, if they're not building you up, they're basically breaking you down. Facts. Okay. I mean, I mean, we're only as good as the people we surround ourselves with. I mean, that's that's a fact, you right. know. Right. Um, we're gonna be we're gonna be whatever whatever our group of friends is around us. You know, that's that's the common connection. You know, whatever you, whatever they're doing is usually what you're doing. You know, or otherwise you you guys have no reason to even be around each other. Right. So when your when your mom tells you, you know, watch out for your friends. You know, if you're hanging out with these people, this type of person. You're gonna end up becoming like them. It's, it's a lot of what they're saying is basically true. Oh, it's facts. You know what I'm saying? Whoever you see, you surround yourself around millionaires, I always say this the chance of you becoming millionaires is very high. You know what I'm saying? Shit, I mean, none of us end up, none of us smoke weed, you know, until right. we go to school, meet somebody, you know what I'm saying? We know that smoke and we hang with them, and what happens? Influences. You end up getting influenced as well. You smoke as well. So, right, right. Um, yeah, I just, I literally had to learn that and just, I found people that, better benefit me, you know, basically people like like this that are doing stuff like this, you feel me? Right, right. And, Facts. You know. So uh, speak on like your transition from prison to society. Um, you know, you're, obvi- you're an entrepreneur right now. You have your own business. It's, it's going pr- very good. Um, speak on that, like, because I know like some people might get out of jail and like, they might think this is the end of the road. Oh, I'm back. I'm back to society now. I can't get a job. Nobody right. wants to hire mm, me. Talk about and that. And in yeah. reality, there's 
many different ways that right. you can earn a good living, even with the criminal background. Right. So, so my outlook on that is, if you got out, right? Because me personally, getting out, I just used everything I learned in the street. Mm. You know, talk about it. You know, even with selling drugs, right? You know, what is the what is the the breakdown of that? You buying drugs at a low price, and you resell it for a higher price, right? You mm-hmm. re up, right? You know, it's the same thing as a stock market, right? You know what I'm saying? It's the same thing as if you own a company like Walmart. You know, they buy, buy wholesale, mm-hmm. and then they sell it for a higher price. So I just took that knowledge and ran with it. You know, if, you, if I find a product that is marketable for a, a good deal, I buy it. Then I sell each one individually. You break it down. Same things with a sack. You just break it down, bag it up, and resell it. Right. You know? Right. So, I mean, that's just, that's literally the game, man. You know? So LV came home. Uh, he, he surrounded himself around the right people. He put his family first and um, he read a lot of books and got into entrepreneurship. Now he has an account on Shopify where he sells over 50 products and makes a very good living. I also use OfferUp, you know? Um, I, 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 I take advantage of any opportunity, you mm-hmm. know? As simple as that, you know? Right. So real quick, um, I'm going to ask you a question. Uh, what's your advice on brothers that are, you know, they have a clean record, but they're headed down the path of incarceration and doing jail time or, you know, even going to prison? My advice to them is that it's a rabbit hole and know that whatever you start, you're just going to go deeper into. Um, the prison system is not a place where you can grow at. It's actually a place where you you descend in life. You go lower and lower and lower. And, you know, with a record, it makes it hard for a lot of things out here, you know. Um, it's not something that you want. And, you know, it, it's even it's even to the point where, you know, while the rest of the country is protecting themselves with arms, like you're not even allowed to have a gun anymore. You know, you can't even protect your family if somebody came in, you know, armed. Uh, it's, if, if, if you're looking to go that route, you're looking to descend, not elevate in life. And, mm. you know, the only advice I got to give you is just, man, change whatever you're doing, change the course of your actions, and just look for something better, man. Like, there's legal ways to get money out here. There's so many things, and I know that, especially my people, man, you guys are talented, yo. You guys are innovators, you know what I'm saying? Like, you guys are just, you're, we're, we're an impeccable people, man. You know, talk about how much talent you saw in prison too, man. There was there was an extreme amount of talent there. I seen more talented people inside than I've seen outside. I seen guys five eight that can touch the top of the backboard. You know what I mean? Guys that 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 run under a ten flat. You know, there's there's guys in there that are so strong, and uh, not just physically, like mentally. You know, there's guys in there that literally could have been lawyers. Like they're so good with legal work. You know how they end up on the other side of the fence, though. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know. There's artists in there, man. Like, I've seen guys do amazing portraits and things. Actually, I have some portraits at the house right now that a couple of buddies of mine drew for me while I was in there, and I haven't seen nothing like it on the street. And there's just a, there's just raw talent inside of there, like more talent than I've seen out here. So I know there's more talent out here 